Welcome to the Rebel and Muse podcast, where you can join us on our journey of self-improvement. I'm Kaleo Wassman. And I'm Melanie Wassman. Tune in each week to discover how we find balance in health, love, and life. Well, it is true that there is a, a gentleman out there named Michael Cohen, who is uh, Donald Trump's lawyer, who's been besmirching my good name. But I am Mike Cohen from Boulder, Colorado, who is the founder of the Kirtan Leader Institute. That's true. Perfect. When I got that email from you, I'm like, wait, wait a minute. Who is this? <laughs> I, I have to tell you, we had we had three Mike Cohens in my high school at the same time where I grew up in Connecticut. So I'm kind of used to this because, uh, you know, there was uh, one of them was always getting into trouble and every now and again they'd call up to one of the uh, you know ap calculus classes and uh, and send me down to the principal's office before they realized they had the wrong guy so <laughs> this is old hat for me okay all right <laughs> well mike cohen it's really nice to meet you virtually um i'll just do a little bit of your bio first and we can introduce you then so mike cohen is the founder of boulder colorado based kirtan leader institute since 2010, Mike Cohen has trained and apprenticed hundreds of Kirtan leaders ar- across the world, from total beginners to students that he helped create and release original chant Kirtan albums. Mike guides his students to launch their home chant practices, share with others, lead a band, build thriving chant communities, write compelling original music, tour, play at festivals, create beautiful Kirtan albums, and transform who they are being in the world. Wow. That's beautiful. Wow, you have you have a lot going on. Well, thank you. Yeah, um, it's really amazing, and I love that your podcast is about the journey of self improvement because that's that's really what we're dedicated to. Um, not just uh, we have a, we have a tagline that is "Come for the music, stay for the transformation." Ooh, so, like you, we're, we're 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 deeply involved in both of those. Yeah. Awesome. Well, can you explain to the listeners out there, what is, let's start at the basics. What is Kirtan? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, So Kirtan is sacred chanting that comes out of the yoga world. And um, probably if any of your listeners have taken a yoga class, you've probably heard this music going on in the background and people are chanting mantras in Sanskrit. And it's kind of an interesting, fascinating practice. You know, I'll share that, you know, I grew up in Connecticut and um, I was a professional saxophonist in my teens and 20s. And then when I, um, after being on the road for quite some time, I decided uh, enough of that. And I moved back to Connecticut and I didn't quite know what I was going to do. And I ended up working in politics. And then someone brought me to a uh, Hare Krishna temple. And I kind of thought the whole thing was a little bit weird, but I was attracted somehow to the harmonium, which is this amazing instrument. So if you go to a a concert hall and you see a grand piano at home, you would have an upright piano. And if you go to a church, you would have a pipe organ and the harmonium is the home version of that. So I was kind of drawn to that. And, and years later, I moved out here to Colorado and I had a lot of experiences that opened me up and I started taking yoga. And the yoga teacher that I uh, initially uh, studied with did kirtan. And at first I was like, what is this? And then I realized, wow, this is everything I love about music, you know, right here. And there's something very, very powerful about these Sanskrit mantras. Um, I like to, it's a little bit, it's quite mysterious. Um, I like to say that that often the way we use language is representational and we're pointing at things out in the world. That's a bicycle, that's a laptop, that's a tree. And that um, Sanskrit mantras, rather than 
when you speak them, rather than them aiming out into the world, they kind of aim through our heart to the heart of the divine. So there's something very beautiful and mysterious about about this practice. And um, and and so that's kirtan. It's call and response chanting. And what's also fascinating about it, because I know you guys are not just yogis but musicians, is that the audience sings. And so, uh, you know, the band is really me and whatever musicians I have with me, plus everybody who shows up there in the band. I love that. So it is call and response and um, explain what that is. Well, that means someone says something and everybody else responds back with the same statement. So, for example, a very common mantra uh, in this genre is Om Namah Shivaya. So if I sang Om Namah Shivaya with a particular melody and rhythm, then the entire audience would sing it back. And I usually have a response singer who sort of serves as a bridge, um, kind of paying attention to what I'm doing and sort of leading the, the group in their response. Which I think is a beautiful part of kirtan is you don't need to know the mantra. You don't need to have anything memorized. You can just follow along. It can be, it's accessible to everyone, to beginners and, and you know, practitioners alike. Absolutely. And generally when I do this, I project the chant lyrics on a, on a screen or on a wall behind us so people can see them. And people don't have to know what they mean. I generally tell a little story about maybe uh, what the mantra means. But um, it's kind of like... Um, well, I'll just share the story. So there's a, a, a movie, a documentary that this woman, a uh, beautiful woman, Georgia Weiss from Spain made about, it's called The uh, Mantra, Sounds into Silence. And it's a 90-minute documentary with footage from the major festivals and all the main artists, Krishna Das and David Pramal and Sanatam Kar and many, many, many others. And it played here in Boulder. We were really fortunate because it played for, they had, I think, 12 showings. And they asked us to come and play some kirtan and do like a live thing. And so it was fascinating. The very first time we uh, watched, I came and watched the movie. And then afterwards, we did just a few minutes of chanting Om. And within just a few minutes, the entire, the whole energy of the room had, had completely shifted. And I realized that watching that movie was like listening to someone describe the most delicious chocolate cheesecake on the planet, but never letting you taste it. And what we did was we gave them a taste and it was it was profound. So there's something incredibly uh, deep and beautiful about these um, mantras. And when we chant them, it doesn't really matter what you think or what you believe. Um, the experience is palpable. It's it's obvious. Definitely. You know, we talk a lot on Rebel Amuse about frequency and sound healing. And even if you don't know what the mantra means, you don't know what the Sanskrit terms are, that just the intonation and the vibration is, is so powerful. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so we can actually be a little bit scientific with it. We can just chant, which is the experiment, and then gather the data. But the interesting thing is the data isn't out there in the world. It's inside of us. So lots of times when I'm doing this with folks, I, we do a chant and they say, okay, check in with your head and your heart and your body. And what shifted, and it's completely obvious to people that something major shifted. And generally what that is, is their head, which has been kind of like a hamster running on a wheel, it has calmed down and stilled. And their heart, which they notice is, could, could have been shut down, is now open and extending into the world. And their body, they may have been disconnected, but now they're very connected with it. And it's just, it's just amazing. I've never seen anything that shifts us 
that quickly. And then generally what arises is a feeling of gratitude. You start looking around, you're like, wow, look at all these amazing people in this this room we're in. It's so beautiful. And you know, it's so gorgeous yeah. and put together so well. And and that's a really powerful mood to be in, gratitude, especially right now at this particular time in our uh, culture's history, because there's a lot of, I would say, polarization and resentment. Mm-hmm. So to actually have a practice that puts you into gratitude is is amazing. It's almost like I, I've had nothing to say because everything that you have said has been spot on for me. It's just like, yep, uh-huh, absolutely, yep, I totally agree. Kalea's just over here nodding, uh-huh. <laughs> nice, it's nice. Beautiful. Do you guys... Oh, do you guys do do you guys do kirtan? Do you chant or do you lead chant? Oh, we've we've had some kirtan ragers at the Yoga Oceans <laughs> at the Yoga Oceanside space. We oh, really nice. have yeah, we brought it down. And nice. um, you're absolutely right. It's that you know what it is? It's it's that freedom of being able to jump into something new and not having to be, I would say, expected to perform, well, this is for the audience, to perform at a certain level. Um, for example, the the music industry that I'm in, there's always kind of like, a, you know, you, you always want to just, let's say, stay on key as a participant. But for me, I found that as soon as I removed those, those blockages and allowed my free self to feel free and to allow myself to sound who I really am versus who I think you should think I sound like or, you know, and to have that, that layer of, ah, you know what? I just want this to be a freedom of expression, a freedom of making noise. And then, Uh then you just leave that behind. And then that's where you penetrate all of those uh, suggestions that you may have unconsciously have uh, noticed now has built up a wall around you to from that freedom. Yeah, that's really well said. I love the way you're inside of your own experience and able to describe it so well. And I think, you know, especially for folks who uh, like myself and you guys who have professional music backgrounds, Kirtan is amazing because it's not just a performance. It's also a spiritual practice. And just and so holding those at both both of those at the same time really um, takes the pressure off. You know, there's something about a performance where I'm singing and they're they're observing, and, and it's really not that. It's like we're all engaging in the spiritual practice together and we're co-creating something. So there can be a relaxing, a letting go. Uh, there's a lot of spaciousness around what kind of expression you can have, mm-hmm. and uh, it's you know it's like it's nothing is wrong there. You know. It's, it's, I it's totally all good. agree. It's a form of bhakti yoga, which is the yoga of devotion and the d- yoga of love. And I've seen people come to a kirtan event where it's their very first time. You know, they're the ones clapping at mm-hmm. the end. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's their very, very first time. And they may just be listening and then you'll see their hands clapping or their their bodies kind of moving a little bit. And pretty soon they may be chanting. And then you have the other side of the spectrum where there's there's people dancing around. But at the end of the chant, when everyone is is quiet and just taking it in, you do see the look on everybody's face. It is transformational. I love how you mm-hmm. said you, you sit with gratitude because it is a, it's an absolute heart opener. And that's where the yeah. bounty comes in, the devotion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's lots of ways to talk about this. One one way I like to talk about the bhakti yoga uh, perspective is that um, the word yoga in Sanskrit means yoke. And a yoke is the thing that connects the ox and the cow. So if you can imagine that uh, the ox and the plow, if you can imagine that we are um, 
if we were in a, a agrarian society where where um, growing, you know, farming was the highest technology, if you had an ox and a plow but no yoke, that meant that you were out there digging in the in the farm. And as a gardener, I can tell you that would not be much fun, you know. You know? But but uh, if you have a yoke, all of a sudden the ox and the plow are transformed into something that's incredibly useful and much more powerful. So yoga is always about looking at the fact that. The world always shows up in a polarity. There's up and down, there's front and back, there's masculine and feminine, you know, there's body and breath. There's always a polarity, and yoga is always about how do we honor both of those simultaneously and in doing so so fully, something new and more powerful emerges. So what I would say is that kirtan is is the pra- a practice where we can yoke or integrate our heart with the heart of the divine. And we're walking around and we're thinking that we're separate. And then we do this practice and we realize, oh, no, actually we're connected. And when when that connection happens, when my heart or your heart or anyone's heart connects with the heart of the divine, something beautiful uh, and powerful and potent emerges. And that's that's. uh, yeah, that, that's that's what kirtan does. So it's kind of the central practice of bhakti yoga, which is the yoga of the heart. And you could cook for the divine, you could dance for the divine, you could make art for the divine, and you can chant for the divine. And chanting is, I think, the most most fun and easiest way to do that. Beautiful. That's beautifully said. I, and then Kaleo's just over here nodding again. <laughs> yeah, this is like, it's like I'm, I'm just going to let Mike just take this because I, I, I am so I, I'm so uh, I would say fortunate to to hear this um, to hear this from you, and because of your your passion for the art of chanting and the art of music, you know, and you come from a lineage of of music. Um, so what what I mean by that is the lineage of yourself. Uh, you, all of these steps that you have taken in your life has brought you to Kirtan and where you are now. Absolutely. Uh, I'm really fortunate in that, um, especially with the school, the Kirtan Leader Institute, which we launched in 2010, um, you know, all the different threads and streams of my life have been able to come together. And I'm really kind of able to offer offer this because uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of the author, uh, Robert Greene. He wrote a great book on, on mastery. Um, and he sort of talked about, you know, he was about 35 years old and his parents were worrying about him because he had like 60 different jobs. And then he and then he busts out this book that's a New York Times bestseller, you know. Um, and in a way, you know, I'd, I'd done lots of different things, um, you know, worked, work, worked in restaurants as a kid and cut lawns and, you know, all sorts of other crazy jobs, deliver, you know, worked at a um uh, a masonry company delivering sheetrock and you know then got started playing music professionally at well really at 16 but at, at 19 on my summer breaks at 19 i was uh working at disney and then i started working on cruise ships and i was 20 and all this kind of stuff and then i got out of that and i went completely different direction into politics because that was my undergraduate major and then um i got into a lot of the qigong and different martial arts and uh holistic health and had a business and blah 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 went you know then got into higher ed and then discovered um the work of ken wilber and the great developmental psychologists and the integral approach and then i started studying somatics uh and the enneagram and some work called ontology and i was doing a lot of leadership development and, and and coaching and training work and simultaneously doing all the kirtan stuff and then somehow boom in, in 2010 i was able to sort of pull it all together and um in our in our school where you know we work with um i used to say you know 
over a hundred people a year, but I think actually we're up to like two or 300 people a year. We actually, we're launching a class tonight. That's we, we talk about them as level one, two, three, and four. And level one is like for total newbies, like learn how to chant at home. And level two is like, Oh, I like this and I want to share it. Maybe I'll share it in a yoga class. And level three is, Ooh, I want to get serious. I want to lead a band, a drummer, a response singer. And level four is I want to, I want to tour and play festivals and make albums. And so um, we have a level one class launching tonight. We have uh, 22 brand new uh, Kirtan leaders stepping in. And um, so we're constantly offering level one, two, three, four classes. And as we, as we start out, it's much more purely music. Um, but as we get to level three and level four, it's much more about leadership and community building and entrepreneurship. So all of these different elements uh start to become relevant and we start working on them. So it's, it's really, it's, it's quite something. So, okay, let's say, let's say I already have a home chanting practice. Maybe I'm already mm-hmm. leading chants in class, in a yoga class. Can mm-hmm. I start with level three or is it something that you recommend starting at level one, two, three, four? Well, it depends a little bit on, on the person. And oftentimes, you know, I'll say, well, let's do a private lesson and just kind of see how, how it goes. And I do have people that um, are basically, you know, like I just started with a woman. Uh, we've had, I think, about three sessions. And she's a professional uh, voice teacher and piano teacher here in Boulder. Really sweet lady. And it's like, you know, I said, well, you know, why don't we do a couple privates? And then we'll see about pu- putting you into this level three. Uh, intensive. We have one of those coming up in July. So the, the classes are more for the local people in Boulder, mm-hmm. and they're spread out over over a series of weeks. And the intensives are spread out over a series of days. And that's where the folks come in from out of town. But but yes, absolutely. And then what's even cooler than that is that uh, I have a band called uh, the Shakti Groove. So it's Mike Cohen and the Shakti Groove, and um, my drummer and 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 singer are teachers in the school. And so we, when folks get to that level three level, we say, hey, come on up on stage and sing with us at this event. How so fun. we just <laughs> we just had about four or five students rotating in as the second singer. And um, that's really how you learn is, is having your body in it. And so that's a, that's a really important piece as well. Yeah. So do you also lead virtual um, classrooms or lessons? I mean, do you, if somebody's not in the Boulder area and they're really interested in your programs, what can they do? Yeah, we do Skype sessions. I do uh, private coaching sessions via Skype. And uh, I think I'm going to step into creating some sort of online uh, teaching. Um, there's been a few people who have done that. And I think I have some ideas on how to improve on, on, on how, that's, uh, how that's done. So that'll probably be coming out next year. But yeah, right now, folks can just reach out to me, uh, Mike at MikeCohenKirtan.com, C-O-H-E-N-K-I-R-T-A-N, and send me an email and we can have a free consultation and um, start some privates. And then maybe they decide they want to fly into a beautiful boulder and, <laughs> and, and do a group program. You know? Fox Theater, so, baby. Been there many, <laughs> many times. So good. So good. <laughs> yeah. 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 I love so, it. Uh, Yes. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. So it's developmental, you know, it's like we keep going deeper and deeper and deeper. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, there is some pretty amazing transformations that happen for folks. Um, and we've had, uh, I've got my fifth student right now who's making an album. So sometimes people come to me and they've already made albums and they're touring, but they want to move maybe from regional to national. Um, so, uh, yeah, we really, we work with people at all levels and really, um, 
you know, really welcome that. That's so fun. This is truly a school of rock. You know, this is really it. You're Maybe like my Jack Ma- Black. <laughs> it's a school of mantra rock. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So you're not just providing instruction, but also mentorship, mentorship yeah, and opportunity. Absolutely. And, um, you know, we just said something really beautiful that happened last weekend. And what I what I say is that, you know, especially as people get into level three and level four, it's really important that they have the right opportunity at the right time, the right experience at the right time. So I have a student um, whose name is Katie Wise, and she's uh, made a beautiful album, beautiful live album. She's playing, I don't know. 10 or 12 festivals this year and she showed up in 2014 in april on a whim last minute she decided to come and she came to one of my trainings then she came to the next one and then i said hey we're gonna put you in the band but you're just gonna be down there on the end don't worry about it just sing a little bit and she had that and then she decided to launch her own band and that was kind of messy at first and then you know that got cleaned up a little bit and i said hey you know you're ready to come on the road like come on this tour with me so she flew out and came on a tour and a few months later, I said to her, hey, you know, I want you to come uh, sing with me at this festival. And by the way, our drummer is a famous Kirtan record producer, and you're going to make an album with him. Right. <laughs> so I could just kind of like sense like what's the right thing at the right time. And what just happened this weekend is my, my, my vocalist, who also teaches in our group, Donya Dresser, she's an amazing singer. And she's been singing professionally since she was five and she was in L.A. for quite some time, moved back here. She only started Kirtan a year ago. She got a harmonium a year ago. And um, she started singing on me, and it's great. And I was like, hey, here's a here's a cover song. I think you could really shred, and she did. And then she's like, oh, I wrote a song. And, you know, oh, great. So we started playing that song, and she just wrote another one. But um, this was the first time this last weekend that she played the harmonium and sang lead at the same time, because it's, it's quite a lot. And... Um, she did it beautifully. It was just like amazing. And it was, it, it was like, so she had had a lot of the right experiences at the right time. And then it was the right time for that experience. So it was just, it was kind of stunning to see. Yeah. Perfectly said. I love it when it's, when you allow where you are to be exactly where you need to be. Yeah. It's <laughs> a lot of power in that. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So shifting yeah. gears just a little bit with the information that um, you provided us that that I read through before our our conversation here, you talk about, and I'm not sure if I'm say, saying this word right, Enneagrams? Yeah. Is that yeah. how you say it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I did that. I did a short test uh, a while ago, right. and I, I think I was a 7, 4, and a 2, and then they, I don't know, I think I need to do a longer test, but can you explain that and how it, um, how you can use this in, in yoga practice? Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of a fascinating topic. And I think that, um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of valuable teachings that are outside of the world of yoga, because although these yoga practices are ancient and are just incredibly profound, they don't necessarily capture everything. And I think that Enneagram is a perfect complement to the practice of yoga. And I'm assuming that you guys, I know you guys are yogis and a lot of your listeners are as well. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Yes. Yeah, I think, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I think they are. <laughs> well, cool. So, you know, what the Enneagram is, it's a personality type system and it has ancient roots. It goes back to ancient Greece and in its more modern form, it was introduced uh, to, to the West in the 60s. 
And it's uh, just kind of fascinating. And the important thing about understanding any personality type system is that generally what we tend to do as human beings is we project our personality onto other people and then we get angry at them for not behaving the way we think they should. Mm -hmm. And the Enneagram helps us out of that by helping us to see that we have a particular personality and that other people have potentially different personalities and um, and they what, they what the Enneagram really gets at is motivation. So there's nine types, and they sort of relate to nine uh, basic motivations. And it's it's very well detailed and mapped out. It's got a lot of spiritual roots and a lot of psychological roots. And um, I I work on this with my students because it helps me understand what motivates them, what's likely to be difficult, what's likely to come easy. Um, when they set an aim, like this is what I want to do, we can kind of look at how is their personality type perhaps both helping and hindering them. And in a way, a lot of it, it can be very hard to get yourself accurately typed because um, there's certainly, I've studied a lot of personality type systems. There's certainly ones where you take a test and they put you in a box and that's that. And the thing about the Enneagram that's so profound is it helps you see the box you're in and how to get out of it. So the oh. whole orientation is to understand your personality so that you can actually have it become both more sturdy and more permeable so that your soul or your essence can shine through more and you can have more freedom from the fixations that are, that it, that it uh, pushes you towards. I love that. So that that's, I mean, basically yoga, right? Where it's all about coming back to that remembrance of our true self, of our higher self and all of the things that get in our way all the samskaras, all of the, um, you know, all the, the stuff that we hold on to. All of you. Yeah. All yeah. Of, all of <laughs> <us>. <laughs> well, I would say yes. And there's a way in which, you know, all that stuff. Uh, um, I mean, it's a, I think it's a complicated topic. How do our samskaras fit in with our personality and our soul? But I would say that um, one of the things that I love is when people, and we really work on this and encourage this, is they create a commitment statement around what they're what they're most passionate about in the domain of kirtan, and then they start doing what what we call commitment-based action planning, and they start stepping into uh, trying to fulfill on that commitment, um, which often is a big stretch. And when they do that, one of the obstacles is their personality which limits them. So for example, my, my personality type, full disclosure, I am a, I, ha, I, I won't say I am a, I have a nine with an Enneagram, uh, nine with an eight Enneagram type, because I don't want to say I am a nine with an eight, because that would imply that I am my personality. I want to actually make my personality an object of my awareness and go, I have a nine with an eight personality. And so at a certain level of, of health in each type in the Enneagram world has seemed to have having nine levels of health. Um, at a certain level of health, the, type nine sees themselves as nobody special. Ah, I'm nobody special. And when I created my first commitment statement in 2006, I, my commitment statement was, I'm a commitment to creating kirtan experiences that open and connect hearts. And what happened is, as I went out in the world and started stepping into action around fulfilling on that commitment statement, what kept coming up was my personality, which did not want me to be exposed, did not want me to have a high profile, did not want me to be taking a stand for things and standing up and waving my hand um, because that's the opposite of nobody special. I was sort of stepping into something that would require me to be someone special. And that actually, for the type nine, was my, was my developmental path to type three um, and, and right action. So it was actually... Um, 
kind of cut the whole thing was kind of a beautiful setup. But all this to say that what I do with the Enneagram is I actually have people take three different tests and I triangulate mm-hmm. the results. And then we say, well, you know, here, here's the top couple of ones. Why don't you do a little research and see what feels like you? And I always, it's really important with Enneagram. I always let people decide on their type because um, it's kind of a mean thing to do to say to someone, oh, you're such a seven, you know, God, you know, look at you. It's like, that's not very kind or compassionate. And that, and that happened to me. That happened to me. I had a guy who actually was an Enneagram therapist when I first got exposed to this. He says, oh, you're such a two. And he gave me the book and I read it. And I thought, what's this guy talking about? You know, this Enneagram thing is silly. And, you know, it took me two years to get that straightened out. So I love that. You're such a two. <laughs> All I know is I can't I can't wait to do this test because I haven't done this. Mm-hmm. I'm oh. re- ah, I'm really excited. Well, this is why we talk. I, I get to find out all these cool things that I've never heard about before and go experience them because there's some kind of resonance with it. I first found oh, yeah. out about it through some friends of ours who um, Beth. They were she she did these tests to help her find out how to relate to her children, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and mm-hmm. she had her children do the test. All really interesting stuff. But I, I do want to go back to this, the school that you have. It sounds like you're not just um, teaching, like I said, it is a mentorship, but also you're, you're coaching people into being the best, uh, more open person that they can be basically coming back to their remembrance of self. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's, it's not just a here. This is this is how you do it. It's allowing them to kind of dive deeper into themselves. Is that right? Exactly. You've nailed it. You've nailed it. We're, I don't. We're not just teaching people music. We're we're teaching them about who they are, mm-hmm. and um, you know. Uh, you know, what happens is, especially when we get to the more advanced level, well, first of all, I just want to say, like, at each level, there's amazing things that happen, because at level one, we get these folks who are like, you know, in elementary school, they told me I had a bad voice, and I never played an <laughs> instrument, but I tried violin once, and it sounded horrible, and my brother yelled at me, and, like, and my, my, fist, my fist chakra shut down, and I have a hard time expressing myself, and, and they come to Kirtan, and it's like, there's something that pulls them there they love it and they love the chanting and they're like can i even do this and we're just like yes you can yes um because the harmonium is one of these instruments thank god that sounds great the minute you put your hands on it it's not like a clarinet or a violin where it could take forever to get a good sound it sounds great and it's like having a choir singing back at you and um we've broken it down like uh what what happened was I, i first started teaching you know students in 2010 and i had a way of teaching them that was just like it wasn't working because it was. I was leaving it too open. You know, this is basically saying, "Here's the C major chord, and look, here's three different ways to play C major. How do you want to play it? Let's go from there." And it was like they had a hard time with that. And I had students that demanded like granular level of detail. So I actually tell them, I, I write out, "Here's the chord, and here's the notes we're playing, and here's the fingers we're using." And so it's just it's all spelled out for them. Um, and uh, anyhow, they show up, and it's like you know they encounter themselves. They encounter all the obstacles they have to expression, to stepping into music, to being creative. It takes a lot of, it takes a lot of courage, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, so we're not there to be like music teachers, get this right. Come on. What are you doing? It's like, we're, we're there. We're, we're supporting them in their, in their process. And for some people, it's big healing. 
Yeah. Yeah. Supporting them in their transformation, in their personal transformation. So what I'm yeah. hearing is that even though I do have, um, I have experience with Kirtan, I have led chants a, a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to go into level one just to mm-hmm. break through all of those, the fears that I have about, you know, getting out there or whatever it is and just learn from level one. Because it sounds like you have such a great comprehensive transformational program. Yeah, it's a great course. Like yeah. I'm, 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 I'm so interested in, in actually participating in this. I, for, you, you know, for me, it's like, I've never, um, I, I take that back uh, right now, currently who I am. Uh, I, I, I love singing and, and performing in front of people. However, I would really like to tap into this kind of, I would say frequency, uh, vibration, mm-hmm. internal vibration and mm-hmm. to, and to actually have everything else in my life thrive with the knowledge that. I know that um, the chanting and the kirtan can can open up me even more so, and to to become even more of who I am now. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Wow. Now I have this story that that's you playing guitar on the music at the front of your uh, of these podcasts. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes, yeah, that is actually <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Well, we I needed, love it. We needed something to put on there, and it, it just stuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, hey, you guys are invited to come out. We we do. Um, you know, we're doing level three intensive July 26th and 29th. Um, you know, I'd, I'd want to maybe do some private sessions ahead of time. So you kind of understand the system, but that that's going to be a blast. And we kind of keep the ratio of students to teachers low because um, like there's a lot, there's a lot of playing with a drummer. And um, so we max out at six people per every drummer, um, how, six students per drum. How long is each, um, is each program, is each level? How long does it take to complete one? well it depends yeah yeah. it it depends a little bit but it's kind of like this and this is where people get confused is they think oh i did level one i want to go to level two and then i want to go to level three but level one basically um a six-week class covers it or six private lessons or our level one intensive which is which is two days level two i could say the territory is two to three times as large because now we're getting deeper into um Things like uh, we, we do some work with somatics around centering, building a center and chanting from center. We uh, get into much more complicated chants. We get into instead of just like cranking out the chords, three note chord, three note chord, three note chord. We get into um, all sorts of different chord voicing options and noodling around and faux arpeggiating and all, all sorts of things you can do on the harmonium. Because if you're going to sing the same stuff with someone for 15 minutes, it could either be sound exactly the same musically or it could be very interesting. Mm-hmm. And um, our, our uh, philosophy is that um, it's very important to make the chants accessible so that when people show up and you're chanting with them, they go, oh, yes, I can do this. This is easy. Mm-hmm. We don't want to overwhelm them with crazy melodies or really hard words. But on the other hand, um, we have to make it musically interesting. And that really depends on the musicians, the harmonium, the drums, the rhythm. That's what keeps it interesting. So we, we get into that in level two. So that's like maybe two to three times the size of the level one territory. Level three is, again, like exponentially larger because you're talking about uh, leading a band. And, and, and to, uh, you know, as you guys know, as musicians, when you're leading a band, you have to be aware of the other people, which means you can't be putting all your attention on yourself. So if you have 100 units of attention, you can't put 95 units on your harmonium playing and five units on your singing and zero on your band. Mm. 
So you got to really have embodied all this stuff. And then, um, and, and it's a lot to learn how to play with a drummer, especially if you've never done it before. <laughs> you know? And then, and then level, cause a lot of people, it's like, they're so busy with the singing and the playing that the rhythm is like, they're not even thinking about that. And then when people want to get to level four, it's like that, that could be years. That's like, let's start writing original chants. Let's um, get a recording project going. Let's try and get you out on tour. Let's try and get you into festivals. And uh, I do have a level five, though I've not had any students that have reached it. And so uh, people always make jokes about that. Um, what's in level five? Keep them guessing. Keep them guessing. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. well, you, you can't know what level five is until you get to level five. Exactly. <laughs> it's a very exclusive club. I'm curious. <laughs> awesome. Well, Mike, what's next for you? What do you have coming up? Do you have, I, I, th- I know you have a new album out? Um, we have, I've released three albums and we're very close to releasing the fourth. And Congratulations. I, 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 Thank you. I, you know, I kind of want your advice because the thing is, is that um, four tracks are 99% done and two tracks are under construction. And my thought was rather than wait for all of them to be done and put out an album, I might drip them out one at a time. I'm just curious. <laughs> have you ever tried anything like that? That's well, so funny you in- say that. <laughs> interestingly enough. Um, okay. So uh, I have Pepper and that's uh, that's definitely a bigger production as far as team. That means like every couple years we drop an album. So mm-hmm. what I've done is, is because we have our own record label, there's a project that um, that I'm doing right now called the Sabotage Sound System. Coincidentally, what you're hearing in the intro for Rebel and Muse is mm. a demo of the first release of Sabotage Sound System, which basically releases a track every month for a year, mm. digitally only. At the mm. end of the year, I'll combine all of them on in on a vinyl. And that's mm. and that's how the record's going to drip out. Wow! This is um this is due to the fact that a we have our own record label, and b I'm living in the time we're we're living in the time of um kind of like the wild west as far as releases go. So mm-hmm. I, I want to have fun with the releases. I I think the releases should be just as fun as the creation of of the art. I want to like <laughs> I want to make it so fun and try these different things because a we do have the availability to do that. And uh, so right now there is no right or wrong way to release mm-hmm. music um, because of the dinosaur model of the old record labels and the way mm-hmm. that they just keep going under and under and you know they have to they have to stay active and if they want to survive and they have to evolve. It's been really, really uh, an incredible experience to bring this kind of uh, excitement not only into the music, but also into the releasing, especially, you know, before we used to have to record uh, a record and deliver it on a Tuesday, and then that moved to Friday. So now I find myself actively avoiding Tuesdays and Friday. Give me any day. Give me Monday or Wednesday. I want to do something that is outside the coloring lines and to me Mm. it's just and and after being um you know in the business for 20 years now this kind of stuff gets me so pumped and it just keeps Mm. it new and you know it's really it really shows me that the only limits that you can have are the ones that you set upon yourself on all of it well i'm glad i asked you that question (laughs) (laughs) asking the the expert here so so, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'm going to do a vinyl then. I might do. I don't know. I haven't quite decided, but it sounds like I, I, I hear the energy that you have around around releasing singles. And I think I'm, I think I might give that a try. 
I've never done that before. So that's coming up soon. Tonight, actually, we launch a class with um, a level one class of 22 students, which is amazing because that's basically double any other uh, the size of any other class. That's a big um, one. Yeah. Yeah. So I hired, uh, you know, two of my students who are also teachers and they're going to they're going to assist. Um, I've been doing a lot of a lot of gigs this month with my band, uh, Shakti Groove, uh, and we're going to we're going to keep playing a bunch more. We have a level three intensive that's happening July 26th to 29th. In the fall, we, we run classes again in intensives in, in November for level one and two. And I'm kind of excited because uh, I got invited to a festival and I've played a lot of festivals. We, we have a bunch coming up this summer, but they did not invite me to play primarily. They invited me to teach. And so we're going to see if we can pull off doing a basically a level one and level two program um, inside of a festival. It's called Love Light Festival, and it's in Maryland, uh, September 21st through 24th. And Krishna Das, who's the oh, kind of yeah. the biggest name, he's going to be there. And so if, assuming we can get enough students lined up to do this, we're going to um, do a level one and a level two, which in the level two will culminate in uh, – leading uh, each one of the students in that program, leading a chant on stage at the, at the end of the festival. Um, so it's a a different offering. I think that's great that there's different offerings now at these festivals. It's not just strictly music, but more experiential. Yeah. 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 Cool. So so that's kind of fired up about that. So nice. Congratulations, man. (laughs) So I highly recommend all of our listeners out there. And if I'm sure we have some yogis, I know we've had a lot of, um, uh, emails and, and response on social media about all the yogis out there that listen to our podcast, please, please check out some Kirtan wherever you are. It it is, it can be kind of, you know, it's, it's something that's, um, can be a little scary at first, but so is walking to into your first yoga class. You know, I still get nervous going into a new studio when I'm traveling for some reason. But go check out a Kirtan event and just see if you vibe with it because chances are you're going to come out with your heart just exploded open <laughs> in a good yeah. way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very yeah. transformational. And um, <laughs> and if you yep. and if you're interested in doing any trainings about Kirtan. I will have all of Mike's information in the show notes, and he does have some some uh, giveaways for you. You want to talk about that? Yeah, sure. Um, we have a, a giveaway of a free song at our website, um, one of the songs from my last album, and uh, we also have a free guide, How to Buy a Harmonium, Not a Headache. Really, if you want to do kirtan if you want to chant at home you really want to get a harmonium and i have to tell you that unfortunately 98 percent of the instruments out there are junk and so this guide walks you through exactly how to get a really good one and how to avoid uh, i say buy a harmonium not a headache that so is how to avoid a really good guide <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah this is the biggest problem we get but um so 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 those two things and then also we're going to do a three session uh Usually our, our coaching packages come in six sessions or 12 sessions, but this summer we're going to do a three-session special, and uh, you guys will have a discount code so you can get the three sessions at um, $250, and the, the promo code is summer special, and I will, I'll will i send you the link so folks can go and register for that. And those are Skype sessions. So those are um, – So you, you can, can do that anywhere. anywhere. Oh, perfect. Awesome, man. That's really – that's beautiful. Thank you so much it's, for that. Uh, it's amazing. Matter of fact, right now I have in town a guy came in for his own personal intensive, and he's a German doctor who lives in Australia, and he flew in from Australia, and we we had skyped for several years. So, 
So anyhow, that's fun. But I want to, I got to ask you guys one important question before we, we wrap for oh, sure. Okay. One, <laughs> I need to know. It's very important. Who is Rebel and who is Muse? Today? No. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's actually the lead in perfectly. Go ahead, Mel. Take this. All right. So we created Rebel and Muse. Basically, a rebel, in, in our opinion, is someone who doesn't live life by other people's standards or, or by the norm. They break through the societal um, binds to really live the life that they want to, that feels authentic to them. So a rebel is someone who is, who has that authenticity of living their life and, and being of service and not fitting into a, some sort of norm that was put on them by society or, or family even, familial. Um, and a muse is someone who inspires others. So basically, Ooh. Rebel and Muse is living your life authentically and using that platform to inspire others to do the same. So that is Rebel and Muse. So the, 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 the answer is it's both and. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Today, I love it. Yeah. Today I feel more rebellious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, am definitely, I, I am definitely so inspired by everything that you're doing and especially when it comes to music and especially when it comes to other you know, people playing music and experiencing singing and just letting people know, like, look, you don't have to be on pitch. You don't have to do anything. Just try, just yell, just go. It's so beautiful. This, this amazing universal language that we have open to us. And so many people get shied away from it because like Melanie said, they were told that they don't have a good singing voice in the, when they were a kid or whatnot and all of those hangups and just let it go. Just be free, have fun and enjoy that, that gorgeous feeling that, you know, just that takes you over. Anyone who sings in the shower or the car knows it. Anyone who, who plays an instrument knows it. Anyone who likes music knows it, you know, and it, it's to me um, allowing someone to have an insight to go get that. It, it's it, you are doing a service that I, I appreciate and I, I'm so grateful for you. Like this is it's really uh, an amazing opportunity to speak to you and to get this word out. Yeah, I, it's, I agree. It's like you're inspiring and coaching and mentoring people to basically drop out of their head and into their heart so they can experience this. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's spot on. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, well, it's an honor. I'm honored to do this work, and uh, it's super fantastic talking to you guys. I, I don't know. I feel inspired and fired up to live my life authentically. So I think that this podcast worked on me. Awesome. I've been rebelled and used. Rebel. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, thank you so much for your time, and uh, yeah, we'll be hearing a lot from you in and the actually, future. Yeah, I think we're going to come out to Boulder next time we're out there. We'll we'll come and see you. Oh, absolutely. I'm oh, all. I'm all. Oh, in. I love that. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Let's do that. Yeah, let's, let's try to find out what level five is all about. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank exactly. You so Thank you so You're much. Welcome. It was wonderful talking Thank to you. you. Peace. Thank you. Aloha. Take care. Um,